Welcome to Road to Redemption, a show sharing powerful life testimonies, giving hope to those on their own road to redemption. Welcome to Road to Redemption. This is John Martin. I'm your host. This is a a weekly show we have, and, and Road to Redemption is about sharing powerful life testimonies, giving hope. And I'm just so excited today to have my good friend, Terry Woolbright with me. Terry, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, Terry. We, we had a, a good visit. Uh, I know you um, you have a, a home here and you're also from Illinois, but we got to speak a little bit and, and I got to hear what's going on in your life. And I was like, wow, we got to get you in. Well, thank you. I'm excited. And um, it's always so fun to get together with you and share our faith and find out what's going on in each other's lives. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I, I learned in, in, in talking with you and your husband, Eric, is that you've written this book that is, um, I, I got to start to read, I haven't finished it, but it's, it's called When the Journey is Too Much. And I was like, wow, this really sounds like something that the body of Christ needs to hear uh, well, about this book. So I just wanted to start off and ask you what, what, what prompted you to write this book? Well, um, personal experience. Um, I've been in ministry for over 30 years, mostly in women's ministries, helped head up, um, the women's ministry team and reaching out to women who connect with husbands who connect with children. And so I know people and they've told me their stories and, um, of late, I think the church has been under just such an oppression and it's just been hard. Life's gotten really hard. And I began to feel this message from the Lord, a word from the Lord is kind of a strange way to put it, but um, a word from the Lord that the enemy is attacking the church, beginning with the leaders and he's hitting below the belt and he's going to cause them to quit. And I started seeing that reality around me, whether it be high name, um, pastors and leaders, or whether it just be close friends who are just exhausted. And I thought it was for me. And then I began to realize that maybe this word of warning was also for the church today and for others. And through encouragement of other stories, I began to realize maybe if I put it into words, it would be an encouragement. The Lord never gives a word of warning without also giving a word of encouragement. And so I began to look at it in ways of maybe this is a message for others. Yeah. Wow. Well, it is. And I mean, it, it resonated with me, honestly, because I, I know, you know, in my life, I have felt, you know, tired and weary and exhausted and just, uh, you know, I haven't gotten to the point where I, I feel like quitting, but I've, I've definitely felt a lot of those, those things you mentioned. So it, it, it really inspired me to start reading and, uh, we'll, we'll share with us a little bit about what are some of the, you know, the key points of this book. Well, I think as I began to contemplate this message or this word from the Lord, which is, as I said, kind of a weird thing to say, but I really felt like he was whispering that truth to me. I began to think, well, who is this for? Well, it's for leaders, but who are leaders? And so I processed through the book, what is a leader? A leader is also an influencer. And so a lot of us have influence in various aspects of our lives. People who are high impact players who are making a contribution to the kingdom are 
the ones that I felt like are being targeted the most by the enemy. And the second part of it was, well, what does quitting look like? And we all know people who've walked away or been fired because of inappropriate behavior, but what does quitting look like? And I began to realize that quitting has many faces. Once I asked uh, my women's Bible study, I said, how many of you have ever been tempted to quit? And every one of them shook their head as if it was this strange question. And immediately I was like, well, can I just talk to you about what quitting looks like? Could it be just being discouraged or apathetic? Or what about just half-heartedly following, being in a, just being in a row, you get up and go to church because, well, that's what you do on Sunday morning, but we've lost our passion and love for our Lord and we're no longer living um, a, 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 a lifestyle. Like the scripture says, be ready with the answer for the hope that we have and People aren't asking us about our faith because maybe we're no longer showing them the hope that we have. And there are ways that we quit and check out and we don't even realize. And so we look at that and um, in the, the scripture, and then we go on to look at what does God have for us? How has he equipped us so that if the scripture that Jesus told us about that in the final days, many will pass away. I don't think Jesus was just being, he wasn't exaggerating the truth. I think he meant it. And so what if I'm one of them and how can I guard myself? So I'm not one of them. And so looking at ways that we can do that. Um, the other thing is looking at how does Satan present a stage where that could even ever happen? That a Christ follower who's a high impact player could ever walk away or quit. And I began to ask the Lord, show me how that's happening. How does he set a stage that it could happen? And one of the, the things we look at is how the church today has masqueraded itself. And we I call it the Mary Poppins syndrome. We're all practically perfect in every way. And because we're so filled with pretense and masks, nobody really knows what's going on. Mm, and so we're good. hiding. And because we're hiding, the people can't see really. It's not, life is not an Instagram post. Yes. Yeah, but we want people to think that's what, especially as Christians, we want that, that Mary Poppins look. And so looking at going, wait a minute, why are we doing that to each other? Why am I not being transparent with my struggles? And what if we as a church started doing that? What if we started saying, you know what, I'm struggling. And when we got together our small groups, instead of asking for a prayer for my brothers, cousins, sisters, aunts, toe surgery next Tuesday, which are things we pray for. But what if we're asking for prayers? Would you pray for me? I'm addicted to Netflix and I haven't read my Bible in a month or two months. Mm -hmm. I don't read my Bible at all. What if we're asking for prayers like I I haven't been tithing at all because I can't, my budget won't allow it. And would you pray for me that I'll start doing it? Or even I can't stand a person I work with and I know I'm supposed to love them or my mother-in-law or whoever fill in the blank. And we start saying, would you pray for me for that? And our life groups become real. Our small groups, our accountability groups become real and transparent. So then the next time we get together, our testimonies are, thank you for praying for me. I tithe this week. And guess what? I had money left over. And Amen. thank you for praying for me. I was in God's word today and I, I didn't watch Netflix at all, but boy, God spoke to me in a, neat, a way I needed. So our testimonies would become different because we then take the risk of being vulnerable. I love that. It, the, the importance of making yourself vulnerable and accountable. I know that's something we've uh, learned about a lot in, in, in this church. Destiny is, is making yourself vulnerable mm-hmm. and being accountable 
to others through small groups. So I, I, I love that. That is one part I got to in your book and really appreciated that. Well, um, what, you know, in, in terms of the, the, the folks that are, are in this position, you know, they're struggling with these, mm-hmm. you know, feeling tired and weary and, and exhausted and, you know, maybe thinking about quitting. What, what points of advice do you have for them to do? You know, John, first of all, for me, I I think our perception of who God is, who our Heavenly Father is, it, it, he accommodates our inability to really know what he's like. We all have our impression of what is my God, he's in a box, but he allows us to think that. But one of the, the things I've noticed is that a lot of discouraged people they wonder where is God and how's he responding and why is he not responding? So I took some time. The The subtitle of the book is God's response when we're um, discouraged, exhausted and ready to quit. And we spent a whole chapter of looking at what is your what is your perception of God? How do you see him? Because that will affect your prayer life. That'll affect how you go to him or if you go to him or if you don't go to him. And so for me to to call out and say, how does God respond to others in scripture who are exhausted and ready to quit? And so the title of the book comes from one of my favorite um, heroes of the Bible, Elijah, because Elijah was um, had a mountaintop experience. He led all of Israel back to um, their God, Yahweh, and even... King Ahab, it's thought that he even gave his life back to Yahweh and came back to the Lord. And after that mountaintop experience, he runs from the Lord, runs into a desert, falls before God and cries out, take my life. I want to die. It's like, how do you have a mountaintop experience like that? And the next day, really literally want to die. And I wanted to know what is God's response when we feel that way, when we are exhausted, when we have nothing left in the tank, and yet we know we have to, we're obligated to keep on putting on the, the happy face and pretense. And so I looked at it and I noticed how God came to Elijah in the middle of that desert and he gave him warm bread and cool water and he told him to rest. And then he comes back a little later and he gives you more warm bread and more cool water. And he says, rest. And then he says to him, the journey is too much for you, which is the title of the book. And he doesn't say buck up. He doesn't say, come on now, look, which he doesn't do that to him. He gives him permission to be transparent and honest, even allowing him to, he doesn't say, who are you to ever ask me to take your life? I mean, think of the things he doesn't say. And then we look at Peter, who, gosh, you know, he checks out and plays for the other team a little bit. And how does God respond to Peter? How does God respond to David, who sermons are written about him and yet, he checked out big time. And so looking at God's response to then me, how does he respond to me? Does he give me that permission mm. to sometimes check out and it's okay if I lay in a fetal position and just let him minister to me? And so that's um, the word is there are people who will walk away and quit. And what does that look like? But there's a whole chapter written to what is not quitting that's and then not quitting has all different faces to it. And it's the people who are now 80 in their nursing home and they feel like they're not the high impact players anymore, but they're effectively interceding for the church. They Mm, haven't quit. There's people who are going through cancer. 
there's mm-hmm. going there who suddenly they're high impact players. One of my girlfriends, I write about her husband um, passed away from ALS and they went from high impact players to on the sidelines in a different role completely. And they kept feeling like they were, they were wasting their lives. I'm like, no, 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 you're still in full-time ministry. That's when then we as a church become our best version of ourselves because we're learning how to then minister to those who are broken and we're giving them permission to be broken. And I feel like if there's anything God would say to the church today, and forgive me, Father, for putting words into your mouth if it isn't true, is he would say, our siblings need their siblings. Hmm. We are siblings in Christ and he loves his bride loves his bride and we have forgotten that we have to be there for one another and if the world is watching and they don't see us loving on each other chasing after each other when they when we fail and fall then they're looking at us going what hope do you have to offer us and so recognizing that we can fail and we will fail and god factored in our sin in that he factored in a savior. And so he's, it, nothing shocks him. Our greatest failures do not shock him or surprise him. And that he is there to meet us wherever we are in the middle of a desert, in the middle of our darkest time. And he's there for us. Wow. So good, Terry. Wow. This, this is really ministering to me. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so thankful for, for you sharing this with me. Cause I, as I said, I know I've, I've been in this boat for sure. So it's, it's, it's such a blessing. Folks, we're visiting with Terry Woolbright, and she's written this fabulous book called When the Journey is Too Much, God's Response When We're Exhausted, Discouraged, and Ready to Quit. Such a great book. Anything else that's on your mind before we go that's on your heart that you want to share with the the yes, I think when it, if I were to, the, the people who I'm meeting who are discouraged and ready to quit, however form that takes, we all need a safe place. And if you don't have a safe place where you can be real, it may not be in front of the whole church. I would warn against that. Um, but you have to have accountability people in your lives that you can be transparent with and real with. And I, I think of caregivers who are just exhausted. They're taking care of everybody else but themselves. And we have to do self-care for ourselves and finding a place where we can do that. And if you don't have a small group or a place where you can be transparent, pursue that. And not only pursue it, but ask the Lord for it. He wants that for us. And if we have put up such a pretense as leaders or as influencers that we have not allowed that to happen, then shame on us because we are set our, we've set ourselves up to be pure fodder for Satan and his attacks. Um, he has a, a rhythm with me, I've noticed, that Satan does this accusing thing in my head. And even if it's sins that I've confessed and I'm no longer dealing with, he, he accuses. And then once he accuses, then he begins to shame me. And once he shames me, then he tries to isolate me into feeling like nobody would understand and nobody would listen. And no, So he's got me right where he wants me. And then he puts me in autopilot for self-destruction. When we're alone and isolated and we're not, we're listening to his lies instead of God's laws and God's not laws, but God's word to us of encouragement, then we're setting ourselves up for defeat. And so recognizing, eliminate the enemy and what he's saying to us, do not listen to his words, and then find a place where we can safely say, hey, can I tell you, I'm really struggling with this and and have a way out for that. That's good. That's so good, Terry. Wow. Well, thank you so much for writing this book. 
when the journey is too much. Um, anybody that's interested in it, where, where would they find it? Um, it's available um, through what the one way I want to just throw out is they could email me and I could send it to them and I could autograph okay. it. And if they, which is so weird to autograph a book, but <laughs> if they know somebody who they think would be benefit, if, mm-hmm. would benefit from it, I can even write it to them. Um, and also there's 350 scriptures in the book. I'm a person that when I read the book, I see the footnote of where the address or where you can find the scripture, but I'm going to be honest, I don't always look it up. So I took the time that every scripture is written out in the book because God's word never returns void to us. And so I knew that even if you didn't get anything out of the book, God's word would speak to you and be an encouragement to you. So I would also send them a link so that they could have every scripture printed out and have it available as a resource to tuck in their Bible and to maybe go back to again and again. And so they could um, do that on my email address, t.woolbride at comcast.net. Um, it's also available through Zulon Press, which is spelled X-U-L-A-N. Zulon Press carries uh, the book. And it's on Amazon. It's on um, okay. Barnes & Noble. Well, and we'll, we'll put those links, folks, up on our okay. our website for anybody that didn't maybe get to jot that down. And, and, and folks, we you know this ties in real well with with, with what Terry's saying is that the three key points we want to deliver to anyone listening to the show is number one, God wants to speak to you through his written word. And if you're listening right now, you can start reading that through the Bible. You can pick up your Bible and start reading. He will speak with you. And I encourage you to do that. And if you don't have a Bible, get your phone out and pull up the Version app. And it will provide you scriptures right now that will start ministering to you. So I just encourage you to do that right at this moment if you're listening. And then the second thing I encourage you to do is to find a local Bible-believing, Christ-centered church mm-hmm. and go and give it one year. Give it this year, one year of going to that church and just make that a commitment. And then lastly, when you get in that church, join a small group like Terry was talking about, a group that you can do life with, be accountable to, be make yourself vulnerable, and, and, and God will really minister to you and heal you quite a bit through that group. Mm. So we want to leave those three things with you. Terry, thank you for coming. It's been such a great conversation. Thank you. And I would just add, um, if you're not a Christ follower and you're, there's a group out there and I know Destiny mm-hmm. hosts it called Alpha and it's yeah. for people who just are spiritually curious, but they would say to themselves, I have no interest yes. in joining a church, but I'd like to know about Christianity. And so from that, they maybe that would be their first introduction to finding out um, yeah. a little bit more about Christianity. Alpha is a great, great ministry. Um, Nikki Gumbel, what a great man of God, started that many years ago. And I, I would recommend anyone that is, is looking just to explore uh, Christianity to uh, get connected with Alpha. So uh, thanks again, Terry, for being here. God bless you. Thank you, John, so much. You've been listening to Road to Redemption, sharing powerful life testimonies, giving hope to those on their own Road to Redemption. If you have any comments or questions, we would love to connect with you. You can reach out to us at destinyradio.live. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week on Road to Redemption. Road to Redemption.